For this first section, I'm taking us to Galatians, so just be prepared. This walking by a spirit, or living by a spirit. You just got Galatians on your brain. Well, I wrote two sermons yesterday. <laughs> I, but, but for one, I, like I wrote it, and then I'm like, this isn't, this isn't good. Like I, I crossed wires somewhere, oh. and so I had to like take it down. I probably had to redo about 40% of it. So, very much on my mind. <laughs> I think the people might have just heard you talking about that. Well, they'll know that. They'll know the behind the scenes. The messiness of sermon how writing. The, how the, you know, people don't want to know how the sausage is made, yeah. and they don't want to know how the sermon is made either. Uh, well, welcome to our pastor's Bible study. We are in the book of Romans here. Uh, just a couple, I promised myself I wouldn't cry, just a couple months left uh, of the Read Scripture Challenge. And we are deep into the New Testament now. And uh, the first letter that we have from Paul that we're diving into, and Romans is, it's heavy, man. Oof. Yeah. If you're reading Romans and you're following along, you might want to consider seminary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, there, there are times, uh, I remember uh, certain classes in seminary where we'd be you know, digging into the, uh, the book of Romans and it was, yeah, it, it, was, it was very dense discussions and uh, didn't quite always you know, get it the first time. You know, mm-hmm. We have to ask a lot of questions and everything. So that's what, that's what seminary is for, I believe. Yes. Um, but we are uh, diving into Romans chapter 8 in particular today. And Romans 8, I think, this is, so this is my personal opinion, that's one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. I agree with that. Okay. I don't think that's a really a hot take. No. <laughs> but um, it's, it's great. And I think... People are probably especially familiar with uh, the the way that chapter eight ends. There's a couple there's a couple verses that are really famous that you guys will will see as we as we get there. Um, a lot of songs have been made from this uh, from different verses in this. There, and I'll say this too: there are a lot of uh, placard verses. You know, like you go over to somebody's house and you see a Bible verse on a placard. There's a lot of them from this, from Romans 8. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that, is, that is absolutely true. Um, so so you, we'll see that as we go. But even for our purposes today, um, I don't think that there's... Uh, we just wouldn't have time to go through the whole chapter. So even I've kind of cut part of the chapter out, so I, I apologize for that. Um, but I also don't think you guys... I don't think they're really here for a two-hour Bible study. So no. I don't, maybe maybe a few of you are. But <laughs> God bless you. Just got my um, coffee. Just got my cereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Romans chapter eight, and we're going to start with <clears throat> verse twelve. And so we're going to kind of we're just going to look at verses twelve through seventeen right now. Pastor Josh, would you kick us off with those verses? So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live uh, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For you, uh, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. 
And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also, also be glorified with him. Okay. So, lots going on already here. Um, and Paul is really good at kind of uh, showing like two different, you know, comparing and contrasting things. Uh, sometimes people will use the fancy word of uh, juxtaposing, you know, like putting two things right up against each other that are different and kind of uh, looking at them. But he talks about living according to the flesh and also living uh, according to the spirit or living you know, by the spirit. So what, what's the difference, I guess? First of all, let's start with uh, what does it mean to live according to the flesh? Yeah, that's the old sinful nature, the, you know, the, the old Adam, as it's called, you know, the thing that wants what is best for you as opposed to what would be best for other people or what God would want. Mm-hmm. Getting, bringing back Latin into it, that's the, Luther says, that encurvatus to say, being curved in on mm-hmm. yourself, you know, just you want, you want to protect what you've got and you, you're not open to anybody else. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we we are our own God, and yeah, whatever our uh, desires are, they rule. Um, that, that flesh is not really a word that we use very no. very often um, in the in the present age. Uh, but it's it's sort of a technical term, I think, that Paul is using yet yeah, to kind of refer to all the things that that you just talked about. So, so living according to the flesh would be kind of our our past, like like our um, our BC, like before Christ, <laughs> kind of time, uh, not like historical age, but our personal. maybe maybe our personal historical age of you know before we um, had been brought to faith in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. So then, contrasting that, what does it mean to live according to the Spirit? To be curved out to. Have the Spirit of God working inside you to to die to yourself, you know, following Jesus' call to to to, not, to, de- die, to daily die to yourself and to deny yourself. And so, as you do that, you know, living according to the Spirit is caring for other people, uh, wanting to live according to God, having Him be mm-hmm. the God of your life as opposed to yourself. And so, it's just, mm-hmm. you know. I, Maybe this isn't for. Maybe this illustration helps some of you. Maybe it doesn't help all of you. But I just really think that, that that curving in versus being curved out. Really, you know, you're so enclosed to yourself with your old sinful nature. But then the work of the Spirit brings you to to care about other people, to care mm-hmm. about what God thinks. And so I really think that that helps to visually uh, express kind of the some of the distinctions here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I guess yeah. We can all think of times where we have lived like closed off from the rest of the world, kind of just walking through life with our head down, only looking out for number one, mm-hmm. and then yeah, rather than having that openness to what God is going to do or openness <clears throat> to the needs that other people might have around us. Um, yeah, so there, there's a there's a lot going on here: the spirit of the flesh versus uh, the or, or living according to the flesh or living according to the spirit. And Paul, Paul just talks in such a rich way about the role of the Spirit. Um, verse 15, I just love this, you know, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery 
to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, that, that's, you know, that's only, it's only by the spirit that we can call God our Father. And Martin Luther, you know, he gets into this so much in the catechism, just the, the way that he focuses on um, his past relationship with God, being in fear, feeling like he's, he is in, slave, you know, in slavery. Like for him, it was like trying to, uh, to please God all the time or you know, to, to do what, what God demanded, uh, but then you know, learning and again, we're right at this Reformation week, so this is this is right in our wheelhouse here. Uh, but then learning that Jesus has done everything uh, for us to fulfill that, and Jesus makes it possible for us to be adopted as sons. And so it's that contrast between uh, a slave who is afraid and a son who is you know in the family and is you know just calling God Daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think maybe some of you heard, you know, like it, to translate the word Abba, it is kind of like daddy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a more, a tender version of father. I don't know, father sometimes is kind of formal. Father is like, you know, the, the sound of music where like, <laughs> you know, yeah. address me as your father. Or, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's it's a normal word, but yeah, sometimes I, I will, otherwise I'll call my dad up and I'll just be like, hello, father. Like I just, <laughs> in a very formal way. <laughs> um, just kind of half joking. Uh, yeah, anything else in this passage that, that stands out to you, Pastor Josh? Um, I think we hit on... I thought you threatened to maybe take us... Was, is it, well, yeah, yeah, well, let's Take us there. somewhere else? Oh, yeah. okay, you are, okay. Yeah. Well, you had your ribbon in there, so... Uh, yeah, so Galatians, <laughs> uh, working on Galatians for uh, my next sermon, and Paul has this exact same language, uh, keep in step with the Spirit, and he kind of lays out living according to the flesh. Um, he says works of the flesh here, but he says now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalry, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, uh, and things like these. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, so living according to the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so, you know, not that we treat these like a checklist, Mm -hmm. but it's more of like, you know, you go to the doctor and how's my cholesterol? Mm -hmm. How's my blood pressure? How's my sugar levels? You know, like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's different. You know, you want them all to be healthy and the the fruit of the spirit not the fruit of the flesh you, mm-hmm. you yeah yeah that's yeah. like yeah you want all those all that whole list of things those are like carbs like gone. bad sugars <laughs> or like fatty, yeah uh fats you know that the bad kind of fats yeah um but yeah so the fruit of the spirit though that's like uh you know you're you're wanting to uh continue to grow in those and so uh that's a great example that Paul has here that is, is really a continuation of what he talks about here in Romans. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely, yeah. No, that, that, that's a great connection. And that's the thing. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to see this a lot as we're going through the New Testament is you're going to, you're going to read Romans, you're going to read Corinthians, you're going to get a little further. You're going to be like, 
Wait a minute, didn't Paul already say, I feel like I've read this before, it's because it's the same guy writing a lot of these things, and, and um, I think, I don't know, it makes me feel good even that there is a lot of overlap or repetition yeah. in the things Paul is writing to the different churches. Uh, now there's a lot of different stuff because there's different issues that churches have, you know, uh, but Paul also hits on the same themes, and when there's a theme as important as the Spirit's role in our life uh, and the fruit that we might bear, you know, that, that's something worth repeating. So, yeah, a good, good connection there to Galatians and that fruit of the Spirit. Uh, one of the more famous passages, I think, from the New Testament letters. There's a song, I think. I, I was right? just going to ask yeah. you the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always like, see, that's the thing. When Pastor Bugler's here, he just he sings. Out, yeah. We just kind of hint at songs yeah. and then don't sing them. I don't have that uh, kind of confidence. So maybe, maybe some, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I want to, as a transition between this little section to the next one, the last verse, just to, to repeat this, it says, um, you know, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. We don't, we wish that part wasn't there. Um, in order that we also, uh, that we may also be glorified with him. So now we go to Romans, uh, still in Romans 8, but verses 18 through, uh, well, let's, let's just go through 25. I'll, I'll read that and then we'll um, take a little bit of a break and talk. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing. Well, and let me just pause here for a minute. When we're, when we're reading about creation here, let's think about all of God's creation. So sometimes you, you might be thinking, well, creation, maybe it's just like human beings or something. Well, that's we're part of creation. But let's think about the entirety of God's creation. You know, So back in you know Genesis 1, let's think about that. So for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Okay, this is, this is really key, I think, to understanding a lot of the Bible. And I, I personally think that this teachings like this about what's ultimately going to happen with all of creation are underdeveloped and under-discussed in the church. Um, at least in the Lutheran church. I, don't, I can't speak for other churches, but probably across the board. Uh, so, what is Paul talking about with all this creation groaning and crying out and, all, and waiting for things to change? Uh, what's your understanding of this, Pastor Josh? You know, getting back to how things were before the fall, um, you know, because when, when Adam and Eve sinned, it didn't just affect them, as we know, like we're sons, we're sons and daughters of the results of sin, but it, it affected 
all of creation. You know, like mm -hmm. the natural disasters didn't happen before then. Uh, well, there wasn't a lot of history, but you know, natural, <laughs> yeah. natural disasters came as a result of sin being in the world. You know, animals lived in uh, in peace with each other. That that brokenness made animals hostile. You know, like like just it, it, it fractured the entire relationship between creator and all of creation. And so, yeah, groaning, yearning for that restoration where it's not uh, where it's as it was and was intended to be as opposed to where it is right mm -hmm. now yeah that, that, that's very well said I think um, it's hard for us sometimes to to think about the world being different than it is because yeah from like the second page of the Bible all the way you know to the end well Revelation we have some some pictures of maybe mm -hmm. what's going to change, but um, it's hard for us to even imagine something being different because this has been our, our experience our whole lives and even like reading about it. But yeah, you hit on some great things like like even, um, you know, farmland, you know, like like doesn't yield the crops the way that it, you know, that, that's one of the, like the curses of sin that God, you know, God tells Adam and Eve um, about, you know, pain of childbirth is one thing. Um, you know, the ground used to just kind of like yield all this, um, all these crops just kind of like as if by you know automatically yeah. you know <laughs> and then Adam's like man I gotta work for this now and he's like man these children are gonna you know almost kill me when giving birth and then they're not gonna even obey us very well when they're <laughs> when we're uh, you know raising them <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah and um, and yeah you hit on like natural disasters and everything like animals yeah I mean we have um in the prophets, you know, we I, I think of certain passages from Isaiah, but there's other ones too where there are future images of like, yeah, the lion and the lamb just like laying down together. Children like playing like there's something about like like a child playing like where the snake lives, like you know, it's like a child sticking its hand in like within the hole where the snake lives and not getting bit <laughs> because the snake is like, Oh, you know, a little baby, let's play or something. And it's like Okay, that's not that hasn't been the way of the world since it's been broken by sin, um, and and creation. It, it's hard to imagine like you know our trees crying out. Is the ground crying out? Like is that just an exaggeration? And, and maybe, maybe a little bit it is, um, but there is this you know this sense in which everything God created is longing. Mm -hmm for the day when there will be uh, a restoration and, and, it, and it will be like, you know, recreated again in, in all of its glory like it was in Eden. Uh, although I think, I, I think it's going to be even better than in the, in the new creation. So this, this, is the, this is the Christian hope that when Christ returns, this will be, you know, like, like the new heavens and earth all the dead will rise to new life. You know, our everyone. Well, some people will still be alive at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but everyone who's dead will rise. Their bodies and souls will be put back together in this new, um, new body. You know, like the body that Jesus had. I think you know um, when he is raised from the dead, and and things are just going to be right again. Mm -hmm. And and so that's you know. So no, thinking about all that. Verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time 
are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So future, his eyes are fixed on the future, and this is what this is what our eyes should be fixed on too. And you know, just thinking about uh, this might this might be a, a half of a, a step, half a jump up. <laughs> Try me, yeah. Uh, but Paul knew what he was talking about too. Like, you know, the, in Second Corinthians, he's got that. You know, there was this man who had a vision uh, of of the uh, the what is it the the third, third heaven the third right, heaven yeah. um, and you know and so it's it's a pretty thinly veiled like he's talking about himself mm-hmm. and you know we know that he had some kind of revelation when when he encountered Jesus on the road mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what that's about but just like like he has seen he has seen things he's seen <laughs> you know because in, in well in the bad sense and the good sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know because he talks about to keep me from being conceited, mm-hmm. God sent this messenger or this, mm-hmm. you know, this messenger to torment this. The, the, that's where the thorn in the flesh comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, heard it like that's, you know, he he saw something so great. Yeah. Um, and so like he knows what he's talking about here, and you know he's just and and he doesn't even know the the full extent. Mm-hmm. He's seen a glimpse, and it's yeah, like exactly just, just you went. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, John says the same thing, right? He's, you know, long, I think it's First John chapter 3, talking about, like, you know, what we will be has not yet been revealed to us, you know, like in, in, the, in the new creation. Uh, so, yeah, there is this sense in which some of these people that, you know, wrote the Bible did have a special revelation for God. They're not just making stuff up, but they're, it is based on a uh, special revelation that they have shared with us <laughs> that we also have now. Um, but there, yeah, there's just this <laughs> wonderful future in store for us. And I, I think Paul is sharing that with us so that we can, in the midst of even these present sufferings, um, he's not saying those sufferings are easy. Uh, just put up with it and get through it. And he's saying, you know, it, it is, it's going to be rough out there. You know, I mean, especially in, in his day, like, I mean, he's going to die. He's he, going to die for the sake of the gospel. He knows about yeah. it being rough. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's got quite the list. Yeah. Beatings with rod, whippings, mm-hmm. uh, being stoned, being shipwrecked. Yeah. You know, I think somebody even said happy holidays to him one time. Oh. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, to add to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so, so he knew what it was, and, but he's also sharing uh, with his fellow believers at the time. And he's sharing with all future generations, too. Uh, I mean, we, we don't we don't know in our lifetime if the difficulty level is going to get ramped up for for us as Christians in America. Probably will, um, but whatever sufferings we have, whether it's for the sake of the gospel or whether it's just sufferings because of the effects of sin in this life, like we we get sick or you know someone in our family gets sick and dies or is going through you know some some tragedy or crisis i mean that's all like it's all the sufferings because there's sin running through this world and creation is groaning we are groaning uh we're gonna get to the spirit is groaning on our behalf there's a lot of groaning here in uh romans 8 uh but i I wanted to just point out here in verses 24 and 25 um what is hope so hope that is seen is not hope. I think we can agree on that. I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is the most common way we use the word hope? A desire. 
a desire. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I hope you're. I hope you're feeling better soon. Okay. Well, what do you think is like is the confidence level when we when we say in casual conversation like I hope that happens. Like a hope it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like flip a coin. Okay. So oh, yeah. So so it's. Hope is yeah. I feel like biblical hope is a little more certain. Yeah, it's right. Like, than, than I would say hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like um, because yeah, because Paul's saying like you know no one hopes for what they see because if it's already happened or if it's, if you've already if it's like already right there you're like oh well I'm not hoping for that like I I have that or I, yeah. I can see that um, but all this stuff is Paul is certain that this future restoration of creation is going to happen but we can't see it so we, we have a hope in Christ but it's not like a you know, I'm looking for some wood to knock on something you know, yeah not like cross your fingers or knock on wood yeah. oh I sure hope this Jesus stuff is right because I put all my eggs in the Jesus basket uh, maybe I should have diversified my portfolio or something no no Paul's saying no you and I, you know, all of us, we we hope our hope is in Christ, and it is sure and certain, but we can't see it right now. So, mm-hmm. it is a special kind of we have a special kind of relationship in this world where we hope we have our hope in Jesus, and we don't know what is going to happen exactly, but we're we're just crying out in faith that Jesus will. You know, this, this is kind of like that. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, deliver us from evil. You know. Uh, so anyway, you know this. This just makes me think too. You know, a lot of times you hear somebody say, "Well, I don't," or I forget what context it's in. But you know, if you can, if you can see or perceive or understand, talking about just a God in general, well, then they're not, they're not a very good God. You know, like, mm-hmm. like if if you can understand them. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's like this hope. We we don't we we believe it. We know it's for certain, but we don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people say, well, I can't believe in a God that I, how, how do you even know there's a God? Mm-hmm. Well, if, if he's revealed himself to us and we can understand him and, and know everything about him, well, then he's, you know, it's kind of like the made by human hands. Uh, you're, you understand everything about it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I think I know what you mean, though. If, if you, it's easier for us to make gods ourselves because then we can't understand them because we we like put them together mm-hmm. we, we like we wrote the instruction manual for how to create this god yeah. and yeah we like those kind of gods more but some of these you know uh, but, but like with the one true god yeah it's there's a lot of stuff that we're like ooh I I I can't change how he works I can't even comprehend exactly everything that's going on and it makes um, us uncomfortable because it, yeah. it is it is faith it's mm-hmm. faith in what we do not see. It is, absolutely. Um, you want to read, uh, as we move on here, verses 26 through 30. Then. Yeah. <clears throat> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what, uh, what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he, and he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Uh, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, and we know that for those who love God, uh, sorry, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. 
For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of the Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he, whom he justified, he also glorified. All right. I I love the you know verses twenty or verse twenty six really because um, it makes me think. Well, if I'm not very good at praying, at least uh, the prayer product that God gets uh, has been interpreted by the Spirit, mm-hmm. and so God's like, oh, that that Jeff Smith. He's got some pretty good prayers going on. I mean, you know, because the Spirit has yeah. has polished them up. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. That is, with groanings too deep for words. I, I don't even know exactly what that means. Yeah, uh, but I don't have to. It's just it's powerful to know. I mean, I'm sure you guys who are watching uh, here, uh, studying this chapter with us today, you're probably thinking, yeah, I have. Sometimes you know you you can't even fashion the right prayer you just kind of some of my prayers have almost been just like guttural groanings you know I'm just like or like two words or something you know or one of help you know yeah. it's like I, I can't even muster the language to uh, to lay out what I what I want to say doesn't really matter the spirit is there to pick up the slack yeah I say this jokingly kind of there have been a couple times where it's kind of been a cop out where I'm like thought, thinking about this verse I'm like I don't know the words, God. Just you do your thing. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like just thinking about this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even have the words. Yeah. But you, you already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, I, and that's that's true. This is. Uh, we're not trying to say Romans eight twenty six is an excuse we can use to not pray. Mm-hmm. But there are times where we just the words fail us. Yeah. This is also <laughs> not like uh, I'm falling asleep. Spirit, do this for me. No, like, yeah. like. If that happens, like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're an awful Christian, mm-hmm. but that should not be the goal. You know, yeah. you should actually pray because prayer is a powerful mm-hmm. gift. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to fall asleep praying a lot. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I feel like that used to happen. Maybe I was, either I was waiting too long to pray until I was too exhausted, or maybe my prayers were just super long. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, how long, like, 10-year-old Jeff Smith was praying. My, Future pastor. Yeah. No, <laughs> My body will not let me, like, will not let me fall asleep until I have prayed. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's next level. Yeah. Spirit's like, no, <laughs> you're not not doing this again. You're you're gonna pray. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So so there's that verse, but then um, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that for those who love God, uh, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. This is one of those, yeah, like plaque, you know, mm-hmm. whatever um, verses. Uh, one of the one of the more famous verses, I think, from the whole Bible. Yeah. Um, what does it not mean? <laughs> um, what does it mean, and what does it not mean? Well, it, it mean, it, you know, it's it's putting trust that you know whatever you're going through. Kind of thinking, I think about this as like a, a path. Mm-hmm. Whatever path you're on the final destination is marked, mm-hmm. you know, because God is, because it, it says, for those who are called according to his purpose, those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And mm-hmm. so with those things that, you know, we're in Christ, we, we are, our, our fate is sealed, so to speak, you know, our, our eternity <laughs> yeah. is with yeah. him. And so, uh, you know, you might go through, you might go through some 
ugly detours uh, might go through a lot of trial and tragedy, but at the end, mm-hmm. you know where that you know where you're gonna be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the this, this is one of those one of the prime verses that gets plucked out of what is being talked about and then yeah, hung on the wall. Oh, well, I can make this verse say whatever I want it to say. Um, but right on the heels of this, verses 29, it has this, this comprehensive view of God foreknowing and predestining. We got. We'll have someday. We'll have like. A, we'll have to do a whole hour of predestination or something. <laughs> yeah. um, and but then also, you know, calling, justifying, glorifying. So it's kind of like the width and breadth of of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's also. It shouldn't be lost on any of us that the that the guy who wrote this verse ends up getting beheaded. Um. So I think there is a tension. I know we've talked about this before. It's a tension that I that I feel a lot when I'm reading scripture and just living my everyday life is that um, with, with God's promises, I know that they're all, there is a sense in which they will all be more fully accomplished in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I mean like way in the future, like, you know, when I'm raised from the dead to eternal mm-hmm. life along with all other believers. Um, but then it's like, well, what about in, you know, for the next 40, 50 years of my life, you know, who knows how long I'll live, you know. Um, how much of this is, you know, we're almost 828 talking about that, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, what if, you know, what if I break my leg tomorrow? Is that, oh, well, what happened to Romans 828? <laughs> so I think there's there's that tension there, but it's, it's the longer view where, yes, everything ultimately God is going to work out for good. There's going to be a lot of good in this life, too, that he's mm-hmm. going to give us. So we're, we're not, we shouldn't say, like, we should only expect suffering and bad things as Christians. Um, but I think, it, you know, who gets to define what good is, that that's mm-hmm. God. And so, um, you know, if I had to lay out the, the path for my own life, I, I would have a different way than God would do it. I'd probably like, I would, I would at first glance, I would like my version of it better, probably, mm-hmm. but but it wouldn't be as good as what God has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this verse has very significant personal meaning to me. This was, so my freshman year of high school, my, my grandpa passed away, and I, I was, like, with him when mm-hmm. he passed. And that, like, you know, that was very hard on me, like, seeing him take his last breath. And this was the first time that I did one of those, okay, God, I'm oh, just yeah. going to open up oh yeah and I came to Romans 8 28 and mm-hmm. that was really the, I think the first time that I encountered that okay and it just gave me immense peace mm-hmm. and you know that really mm-hmm. that, uh, has this verse has really uh, been special and, and stuck out to me ever since I mean obviously you know it's it's in a lot of places mm-hmm. uh, you know you walk into a Christian's house there's 50-50 chance you'll see it on the wall somewhere or, mm-hmm. you know um, <laughs> but yeah, it it is. A, if anything, it's a, it's a good reminder of, uh, like there will be bad stuff, mm-hmm. but the God God's working through it. You know, it's it's almost like the the promise. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, "In this life, you will have tribulation. Take heart, I've overcome the world." Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that. Like through the bad stuff, like yeah. God is up there uh, working things out. You know, it's kind of like I talked about the. Uh, like a pathway, like if GPS, like you, 
you take a wrong turn. He's he's recalculating mm -hmm. to make things uh, to get you to to work things for your good to get you ultimately to to uh, eternal life with him. Maybe maybe that's not the greatest example because it's crossing analogies, but I digress. That happens though. When you use it, the more analogies you use, that, that's a risk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's an occupational hazard. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, the personal impact of that verse in your life too. Um, it is. It is a peaceful. This whole, this whole chapter eight. It really does. Like I, um, I don't. Know, it's like whatever. Here's another note. It's like whatever your favorite album is that you maybe have listened to, and it's just like, <laughs> man, one song after the yeah. other is just oh, it's just hit after hit after hit. <laughs> Certain stretches of of, of the Bible, but th this is one chapter in particular where I'm just like, how much better can this chapter get? You know, you're just boom, 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 over yes. and over. Um, spread these nuggets throughout the whole <laughs> book, Paul. Uh, but okay, so let's go to. Uh, to the end here. Let's see. I had you read that. Is it my turn to read? Yeah, I think it is. So Romans 8, 31 to 39 now. And again, you're gonna. there's at least two verses here that you're going to be like, oh yeah, I, I know that one too. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, like what more can you even say? That that's a great like <laughs> sermon piece right there. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you are with your sermon writing, but there's sometimes where I'm like, you know, the spirit's w working through my fingers, and I'm typing out. I'm like, oh, this is this is great, and <laughs> like this has got to be one of those things where like Paul is getting like mm -hmm. excited as he's writing this. I'm convinced that neither mm -hmm. death nor life nor angels nor rulers, you know, mm -hmm. and just like I'm sure. I could see him putting his quill down and being like, oh. Yeah, he's like, you know, up with a flourish. At yeah, the, if yeah. this were a movie, there'd be like <laughs> some kind of uh, yeah. uh, like vigorous music going and he'd be feverishly <laughs> writing. Mm -hmm. Somebody's trying to interrupt him. He's like, in a minute? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah there you go. So, so Romans uh, 8 ends that way. I, it always stands out to me, um, well, a couple of things here. Paul is, he's kind of, um, you could say, kind of negative in this passage where 
he's asking questions where the the answer is supposed to kind of be like nobody, you know, mm-hmm. nothing. Good children's um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what should what should we say to him? Well, nothing. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Um, you know, will he? Uh, you know, who shall bring any charge against God's like nobody? Um, who's to condemn? Nobody. Who shall separate us? No, nobody. You know what? You know. So there's just all these like no, no, nothing, nothing. Um, but that that concept of you know who is who's trying to accuse us or who is trying to condemn us? Like who who is who's the leading suspect here that tries to accuse or condemn us? The devil. The devil. Don't Satan. Don't. Uh, Satan means the accuser, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what his name even means. Um, yeah, I, I remember. I remember preaching on this passage as a vicar, and I, 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 I think I used this. Um, I think I. There were like I, I can't remember what I what I finally uh, landed on, but um, I remember thinking that it's kind of like Satan. Is like trying to, which this is just where my mind goes. It's like Satan is like trying to dunk a basketball like on us, and then God is is like the decaying tumble, like just <laughs> no, like no, swats no. the ball. And then I, I, I remember my my dad and I used to play one on one on like a five, like a little tykes like five or six foot hoop in our basement. And uh, if he would block me, he would say, "Get that weak stuff out of here." <laughs> <laughs> To Hunter uh, someday, but that's kind of what I—that's where my mind always goes—is God kind of like get that weak stuff out of here, Satan, and like doing the finger wave. So I don't know if that um, has enhanced or or hurt your spiritual enhanced. walk with with God enhanced today. For me. <laughs> um, but I just feel like there, whatever it is that Satan's trying to to bring up again, it's it's weak. It's weak. It's it's gone. Uh, no one can accuse us and. But I think that the other leading candidate, other than Satan, for who is trying to accuse us, is probably ourselves, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's you know it's the work of Satan, but um, I'm I'm the best at keeping track of the things that I have done wrong, you know, mm-hmm. of, of probably of anybody, hopefully second yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than yeah, yeah, yeah. but though, but they're gone. They're as far as the east is from the yeah, west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, is God powerful enough to actually forget my sins? Or, you know, <laughs> does He have a perfect memory, or does He actually anyway? Different, yeah. different time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but He's saying, you know, Christ Jesus is interceding for us, and He's even saying, you know, if anything gets brought up, you say, no, I I did, I I paid for that. Mm-hmm. Remember the cross. <laughs> Remember that day, Good Friday? No, it's gone. Don't bring it up anymore. Nothing can stand between you and the Father now. Um, so I think that's that's the temptation that that we might have that Satan wants us to walk into is to accuse ourselves or dwell dwell on things that should condemn us, but that Christ Jesus has taken away from us. Um, yeah. What else? What else is going on here? Pastor Josh, anything well, that stands out to you? Yeah, so, you know, verses 38 uh, through and 39, you know, from, yeah. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure not a death in life. That's very memorable and well-known and important passage. The one right before it, mm-hmm. in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Yeah. Like, it, it took up until, like, a few years ago, like, because I was always like, what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, a conqueror is, you know, already... 
Conqueror is already at the top, mm -hmm. and we're more than that. Yeah. Like, it, it, what's more than a conqueror? I don't know, but it's whatever it is. It's great. <laughs> I want that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we are more than conquerors through mm. through Jesus, through Him who loved us. And so that's just mm. that's just kind of one of those. You know, there are a few things that uh, you know, like how can Jesus be both God and man? How can communion be both the body and blood and the bread and wine? Like. Mm -hmm. Add that to the list of things that don't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's that's awesome. Yeah, more than conquerors. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You get the sense of that. That's a very carefully chosen phrasing mm -hmm. uh, that he's using. It's like God is making a new category. Yeah. All for for those of us who have been redeemed and, and are victorious by faith in Christ. Um, yeah, and then he just lists off, and this is this is again going back to the all things work together for good. Um, again, Paul Paul is not talking about some reality here in this life where all effects of sin have been taken away. At this point, he's still acknowledging there are a lot of things that are that would seem to be threats to us, mm -hmm. and they are threats to us in this life, but they're not threats to us as it pertains to our relationship with God or our, our eternal salvation, our future hope. So it, it's like it might take away certain things. Like I'm thinking of like a mighty fortress, the hymn that we're going to sing on Sunday, you know. Uh, Luther's talking about, you know, certain things that might be taken away from us. You know, he says like Good goods, fame, child, and wife. Um, we would maybe, you know, if we were rewriting in that verse, we would maybe adapt it a little bit in the 21st century. But... Um, but yeah, you know, um, but what we have is, it cannot be taken away. What we have in Christ cannot be taken away. We cannot be separated. Uh, yeah, so it's just, it's full, like, fire hose of grace in Romans 8. <laughs> Try not to get knocked down, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, as, as you're reading it. Just phenomenal, phenomenal passage. Um I don't. I don't even know what else to say, Pastor Josh. Is there anything? Amen. Remaining. What's that? Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just one of those. If you if you still use an actual like Bible that you can hold, that's not like an app or something. Try to try to. Here's a goal of yours, like to make these pages, like whatever pages Romans eight is on, like worn and crumpled. You know, like Romans eight should look. The, the pages should look a little bit. It should have a lot more of like the oil from your yeah. hands on there I've, over I've the years. The, yeah, the, yeah, it's, it's very dirty. yellow. <laughs> it's dirty. Yeah, um, it's kind of gross. Actually, yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, th these should be. I I think these are just. Uh, you know, if if I for some reason, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just going to randomly, well, not so random, like if I'm just going to, you know, pick what I want to read in the Bible, sometimes it's just, it's Romans 8. I just go back to it. It's a, uh, never gets old. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to this weekend, Reformation celebration, actually on the day, Reformation. so on Sunday, Saturday will still be a good Reformation time too. <laughs> Uh, but especially on, on Sunday, being October 31st. And we're going to be, so we're going to be done with Romans. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to talk about how, uh, how we can agree on everything.
You know, why can't we? we just, see, why can't we all just get along, guys? So that should be like a five-minute sermon, easy. Very easy. Yes, yeah. very easy. Um, just agreeing on everything. I'm sure that's the experience that we've had um, in our friendships and in our marriages and in our families and definitely in the church. Everybody just agreeing. Yeah. Um, so practice practice being a bobblehead. Yes. Yes. There's no there's no sarcasm in any of this stuff. But we'll talk about you know because Paul Paul says in the first. It's right away, verse ten of the of the letter. I appeal to you that there be no divisions among you, that you all you know have the same mind, that you agree, that you say the same thing. So, what in the world could that possibly mean? It's interesting. In Galatians five, he talks about the fruit or the uh, fruit of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Divisions is in there. Yeah. See, Paul gets some new material. Man. Um, no, he's got he's got the best material, and he. He needs to repeat it to us uh, sometimes. So thanks for joining us for Romans chapter 8 today. Uh, great discussion, and I pray that you are blessed at, you know, by looking at this in a deeper way too. And uh, we'll see you for worship this weekend. Blessings on your day.